This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Randy Zuckerberg Means Business on Business Radio. Welcome back to Randy Zuckerberg Means Business here on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio. Uh, if you missed the top of our show, we were speaking with Eddie Lee, founder of Pledge Camp, a new crowdfunding site that's using blockchain to bring trust back so that when you support projects, your money does not get released until the creator actually hits milestones on that project. And now they're pivoting to do uh, their first crowdfunding project on the site is sourcing personal protective equipment for hospitals. So that was really exciting. My next guest, I'm so happy to bring on a friend, someone I've looked up to for so many years, celebrity chef, Michael Mina, James Beard award and Michelin star winner. Michael's culinary and business vision led to the founding of his company, Mina group with over 45 operations around the world, including the Michelin starred Michael Mina in the heart of San Francisco. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Randy. Great, great to hear. Just even great to hear your voice. Honestly, I I agree. I feel it was only. I feel like it was only yesterday that we were uh, cooking in my backyard, and so here here we are. And um, you've had such incredible success over the past several years. It's really a, a pleasure to be connecting. Thank you. Thank you. How how are you holding up right now? Where where are you? What does your day to day life look like? <laughs> I'm holding up okay. I'm in San Francisco. Um, you know, I'm, um, it's, uh, you know, I mean, obviously our industry was hit very hard with, you know, with what's going on. And, and so we were, you know, able to make a, make an adjustment and having to really rethink everything, but we were able to at least get, um, Mina family kitchen going where we can do, where we're doing our delivery out of. And so at least it um, helps me keep my head clear. I get to spend a little bit of time um, still in the kitchen every couple of days and, and um, trying to just, you know, maneuver through what's going on. Mm. I have to say, I love Mina Family Kitchen, so I could brag about <laughs> it all day. I want to give you a chance to tell our listeners what it is, but um, I have now had several of, of your Mina family meals with, with our family. I sent some to my sister for her birthday and she texted me that it was the, honestly the best takeout food she had ever had in her life. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So maybe you can talk us through what Mina family kitchen is and what that aha moment was where you were like, okay, like this, this is getting real. We have 45 restaurants that are not open time to pivot. Yeah. Well, honestly, we put it together, you know, I, uh, I, uh, when, when everything kind of, when everything hit and the restaurants were all shutting down, I actually, unfortunately had to go up to Washington state where my family's from. Cause my mom um, was sick and was in the hospital. Oh. So I had, I spent, um, uh, about 10 days with her and kind of in, in a way it was good because I got a little bit of clarity of with everything going on. I wasn't, um, here in San Francisco going through it as, um, but had a little bit of clarity and said, you know, one thing that we've 
done as Nina Group that we're really, really proud of, and probably the thing that I'm personally the most proud of about our company is we when we started the company, and, and you've known me for a long time, a lot of what I wanted to do was collaborate with chefs and partner with chefs. And, you know, Mina Group is kind of, it is a chef-driven company. And so what I realized was, you know, that we have these amazing chef partners, whether it's Aisha Curry or, you know, Adam Sobel, who cooks Italian food, or Ken Tamanaga, who does Japanese food. And these are very high-level chefs. And so we all got on the phone together and said, you know, let's what when whenever there is this type of uncertainty, comfort is kind of one of the things that we wanted to focus on. So we all just we each wrote about six or seven dishes that, you know, whether they were dishes that were inspired from um, our youth and from growing up or whether they were dishes that, you know, we've had on our menu that we felt were very much, um, you know, kind of that style of comfort food that you want to eat at home. But being able to kind of then do a very global menu in the sense of being able to have Japanese and Italian and, and, and Middle Eastern. So I do Middle Eastern Mediterranean. And and, um, and the whole goal of it was to, because we feel very strongly that we have to keep our core team together. And unfortunately, when you have all the restaurants closed, the restaurant employees are not able to work right now. But our corporate team is something that, you know, I pride the fact that it took us 25 years to build this team. And, you know, I don't want to see it torn apart in 10 days. So what we did is we basically set the kitchen up. And so we all work there together. And then we take them so that the, they could continue to work. And then all the proceeds we've used um, to feed our other 3,000, you know, employees that work in the restaurants across the country, trying in as many markets as possible, be able to still do what we call family meal. And so that's kind of where the name of the idea came in the restaurant. We do family meal every day, which is that period of time where we all sit down together and we have a meal together. And we didn't, we didn't want to lose that. That was really important. So we do the family meal and so that it, um, all of our employees can pick up family meal for them and their family. And so we have them come every couple of days and give them like two or three days worth of family meals for their families. And so it's been, um, we've been able to do it now for almost the whole time throughout different cities. And so um, it's been, it's been a, at least one, one small bright, bright spot to get to, you know, be able to do something for our employees. Absolutely. And I, I was uh, looking at the numbers that you've you've given over 20,000 meals to to your employees. So that's really um, amazing and, and a testament. I mean, it's, it, I'm sure you could spend all of your time thinking about how to save your businesses. But the fact that you're spending so much time thinking about how to make things right with employees, I think, says a lot about you as a leader also, quite frankly. Well, I, I mean, I truly feel that the way to save your business is going to be your employees. You know, and that's the, the, you know, there's, we, um, we're restaurant people, so we are very thick skinned <laughs> and we, you know, we always have to think on our feet. We always have to adapt to whatever is going on on a daily basis. And the only way to really do that and to do it with, at, you know, in, in a way in which you're creating, um, 
you're doing work that you're really proud of um, and, you know, it's really the people that you're, that, that you can surround yourself by. And so, you know, our goal is hopefully to have as many of those people back in our life as soon as possible. <laughs> I love that. For anyone just joining us, we are on the line with celebrity chef Michael Mina, James Beard Award winner, Michelin star winner. And as you can tell, if you just tuned in, a, just a wonderfully compassionate leader and entrepreneur also um, pivoted to launch Mina Family Kitchen, where um, you can order kind of full, full comfort food meals from some of their top chefs and proceeds go to feed furloughed employees throughout, uh, the Mina family. Um, Michael, what, what does cooking and eating look like for you during the pandemic? Because everyone comes on the show and they talk about how they're gaining the COVID-19 at home <laughs> and how they're snacking and what they're doing. So like, yeah. I mean, you're, you're a top chef. What, like, are you, are you, cooking gourmet meals at home? Are you eating Twinkies like the rest of us? What's going on? <laughs> um, no, I, I, I do like to cook when I'm at home. It's kind of, um, it's kind of that period of time where you get to cook and you're not, um, you know, our life is on a clock, you know, in the restaurant world, everything that we do exists around the clock. It's this many minutes to get an appetizer to people. It's this many minutes to get an entree. It's this table needs to sit at this time. And so everything is around the clock. So cooking at home is really fun. So I, I do like to cook when I'm at home. I, um, cook and, and that's how we like to eat both me and my wife. And, you know, um, I would say that it's leaning a little more towards comfort food right now, more pasta <laughs> than we probably should be eating. <laughs> but, you know, it's similar though, similar. And then, it Try to get outside, try to get outside and cook outside. That's, you know, if you can, that kind of um, is always, you know, going outside and barbecuing is always kind of a, a good way to clear your head. I. I completely agree with you. And, uh, I, I don't, I think you should cut yourself some slack on the comfort food which we're in survival mode right now. Like <laughs> pasta is totally great. Um, Michael, what are your, what's, what are your vision for what the future might look like for restaurants? Mm -hmm. Um, reopening, how do you think things will be different? Um, like I said, I mean, I think that restaurant, you know, restaurant folks are, we're good adapters. And right now we're going to have a, a really big, um, you know, we're going to really have to adapt. And so our, you know, what we've been really focused on is it, it isn't just one plan. Unfortunately, there's too many unknowns. So with this many unknowns, you have to create, you know, kind of multiple strategies and multiple plans based on um, really what we don't, you know, it looks at the end of the day, let's say there's six feet apart and there's, you know, 50% of your, of your inventory of tables you can actually use. Well, what does that really mean? Do we know that people will still come out um, and fill those, even though it's 50% of the seats? And so you have to be pretty strategic with us. You know, we're looking at it as probably a little different than, you know, uh, per, you know, than a company that may, a uh, group that maybe has one restaurant, we're kind of looking at it market by market saying, okay, we probably open like in a city like San Francisco, we probably reopen one to two restaurants at a time. Um, and then um, let's, you know, see, let's really see what people's appetite is for coming out. And 
you know, and um, being, and it could be that it's much more than we all think we know. I, I, I feel like there's many experts that are making um, assumptions. I feel like we're, we're Randy, I honestly feel like we're only really going to know when we really know when, totally. when it actually happens. And so, you know, for us, one of the big things is obviously sanitation and health issues. And so, you know, that is first and foremost on our mind. We brought on a person that literally that's going to be their position is keeping us, you know, is spending the time in every one of our restaurants here and just being, um, the, you know, really the, the buck stops with that person as far as chefs, general management will all have to answer to the, that individual about how, you know, about what we're doing in the restaurant and how we're, how we're dealing with the sanitation side of it, because I think it's obviously going to be very important. I mean, obviously, you know, in, I think all good restaurants, people are already very focused on it, but I think that this has opened our eyes to some new, you know, obviously some new challenges. And then honestly, like understanding the masks, because that's one of the things that I've asked so many, you know, doctors that I've been talking to, because, you know, coming to a restaurant with a mask on, that's another kind of a, a wild card of understanding. <laughs> are people really going to, you know, are they going to want to go to a bar and, you know, and how does that work? I mean, you obviously can't eat or drink with your mask on, so you got to pull it down at least to, to have a, to have a, you know, a little, you know, sip of your wine or <laughs> to, um, you know, <laughs> to have a fork full of food. So there's so many variables that it's hard to say, um, exactly what's going to happen. But I think that the one thing that we have all learned and, and, you know, it's been really fun. We do this every day as a team, as a group. Um, I think that, you know, you look at the other countries and you look at how much delivery is a part of many different countries where people have food delivered to them. And I think the United States, that didn't happen as much. So that's obviously taken a big jump right now. And what we do every day is we order from all these great chefs and restaurants that are now doing delivery, which nobody would have ever put thought. You know, we never really put that level of thought that we've been putting into it because, frankly, it wasn't our core business. And yes. so it's been fun to order and see what everyone else is doing right now when everyone has to kind of be creative with it. So I'd imagine there's still going to be a combination of both happening for a little while. Definitely. And and I mean, one thing I've always respected about you so much, Chef Mina, is that I feel like um, you've you've always been so down to earth, even as the awards and accolades have uh, have added up. Um, I mean, you've you've won both a James Beard Award. You've won, gotten a Michelin star um, is I mean, I feel like that must those must be communities where there was huge pushback before this of delivering or having takeout or things like that. Like you don't think to go to a Michelin star restaurant and get like delivery. Um, So within those communities, how are people rethinking things due to coronavirus? Well, I think you just nailed it on the head. I mean, our existence for what we do is we wake up every morning and we infatuate over how are we going to make this particular dish the very best it can possibly be and how are we going to wow our guests the most with that, right? So if you're coming into the restaurant, let's say I'm making you a lobster pot pie, right? You know, a dish like that, right? Well, now I'm obsessing <laughs> over the dish. I'm obsessing over how it's going to get plated in the dining room 
how it's going to be carved in the dining room. And so I never really thought about it as I'm going to deliver it to you and it's going to take 20 minutes to get to you or whatever that is from the time it leaves the kitchen. And then, um, and it could possibly need to be reheated a little bit or anything like that. So those thoughts didn't go through your mind. So to put it into, uh, to put it into um, maybe an, an example by numbers. So when we went through our menus and we're looking at dishes and we put these guardrails of saying these are the things that have to happen for a dish or delivery dish. And, you know, cold food is obviously a lot easier because, you know, it, it is easier, but there still is so many things you have to think through. Um, that I would say out of 100 dishes we maybe – that work in a restaurant, we would maybe find two or three that would actually, you could actually do it. And then even with that, you had to readjust so many things about those dishes and we're still working on it. Honestly, we have one uh, kitchen where, uh, you know, in Michael Mina is actually where we're doing all the testing. And then we actually do the service out of Pablo's kitchen. But over at Michael Mina right now is where, we do all the testing of any dish that's going to be, and we put it in the container. We let it sit for a half hour. You know, We do things <laughs> that we never thought we would do. Well, I can attest, I mean, your food with, with the Mina family meal comes with really good directions because I will mess up anything. I mean, I can literally <laughs> mess up anything, and even I was able to, to have it be delicious. So thank you for sending things with such thorough directions. I was definitely a little nervous, and uh, you did, your team did a great job. <laughs> thank you. Um, Chef Michael, I wanted to go back in time to 1991 with you because you had Uh a catastrophic event happen right before you opened your first restaurant. And I thought that maybe the lessons you learned from that or the wisdom might inspire others that are kind of struggling right now, feeling like this is a catastrophic event they'll never um, recover from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, San Francisco was the city that I, you know, had always hoped and dreamed that I would be able to live in and and be a chef in because to me it's, you know, one of the the very best food cities in the world, not just in the United States. And, and, you know, my opportunity came in 89 and I um, uh, flew to San Francisco and leased a space at 252 California Street. and that first day I got here, we signed the lease. The second day was the earthquake. And so um, needless to say, um, that really just put, um, to be able to go out and get a building permit to build a new restaurant when the whole city had to be rebuilt, you learned what the back of the line looked like really quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you, you know, and it really, um it did take a lot. It emotionally was very draining. Um, I felt like, you know, I felt like, um, you know, it was going to be very hard to weather that storm. And we did weather it. And then we were able to open Aqua in 1991. And and everyone said, you know, at that time, restaurants in the financial district, there, there wasn't any, there was nothing there. And, you know, multiple people said to me, oh, you know, you won't, you won't last a year. Um, you know, at nighttime, you can shoot a cannon through downtown. And, you know, luckily, Aqua took off the way that it did. 
and um, really launched our business. And then we were able to do the second aqua at Bellagio and learn, you know, understand the difference of being in a city like San Francisco as well as being in like a hotel. Uh, that one happened to be obviously a hotel casino with a lot of great restaurants going in. And that was kind of that kind of redefinition of Las Vegas. And so we ended up with kind of two markets and I look back at it and you're right. That period of time, I mean, um, that was, that was very challenging in the sense of being able to say, how are we going to get through this period of time? How do we keep a team together? And then, um, how do you open a restaurant? I mean, you know, we've been through tough times in the economy. We've been through great times in the economy with restaurants and restaurants, obviously, especially at the at kind of at the higher end are very much affected by what's going on in the economy. And, 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 um, you know, that particular time was not a great time, but we were still able to build something and started out with a lot more lunch business than dinner business. And, built the confidence of the guests. And before we knew it, we were doing, you know, twice as many covers, you know, guests at dinner as we were at lunch. And so it just, it took time, you know, it takes patience and time and, and keeping trying to keep as positive as possible. Absolutely. I think, I mean, that's such great advice for anyone who's, who's really struggling right now. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with chef Michael Mina, founder of the Mina group. All right. In our final minutes together, I have some just lightning round questions for you. Um, first dish you're going to eat when this is all over. (laughs) Um, first dish I'm going to eat when this is all over. I will probably go to Tony's in North beach and have a pizza. <laughs> mm, oh my gosh, that sounds so good. Um, most exciting person you've had the opportunity to cook for? Oh gosh, um, Michael Jordan. <laughs> oh wow, okay, that's fantastic. And um, and what about like the the sig the the top signature dishes people need to try across your restaurants? Like if they're you know, once people are ready to flood out of their homes and travel, like what are the top three things they need to have? The top three things. Well, I mean, I think you, everyone has earned a small bit of indulgence. So probably the caviar parfait at Michael Mina, you, you've got oh, to yeah. indulge. Um, at International Smoke, the, the Korean short rib, the 24-hour smoke Korean short rib, again, sticking to the comfort food. Um, <laughs> sticking to probably the comfort food and then <laughs> anything that Ken Tamanamik makes at Pabu. <laughs> so any sashimi or nigiri dish there because everybody will be ready for sushi. I, I fully concur with all of those uh, recommendations. Um, Chef Michael Mina, where can people go sign up for, uh, to get Mina family meal if they're in the San Francisco Bay Area? Or how can they support your employees even if they're not in the Bay Area? Oh, thank you. Um, so you can go to Mina Family Kitchen uh, or actually even just go to the michaelmina.net website. And then that'll take you to that directly takes you to Mina Family Kitchen. And we do have a GoFundMe set up on Mina Family Kitchen um, as well if you're not here in the Bay Area. Well, I'm going to give a shout out to the macaroni and cheese with short <laughs> ribs in it. I, again, sticking to your comfort food theme, I think that dish was like magical. So I'm going to give a shout out to that and to the cod in like some magical sauce that was 
just a delicious dish. So thank you, uh, thank you. Uh, Chef Michael Mina. I really um, am always just so inspired by your ability to pivot and to make the best of, of every situation. And I just, I really wish we're back to normal soon with all of your incredible restaurants. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Randy. And I, I hope to see you and your family soon. So fingers crossed. Absolutely. <laughs> we hope so too. And right back at you. Thank you so much, Chef Michael Mina, for joining us today. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.